Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hey, Faye Hollands here and welcome to episode 29 of the Busy Business Women podcast. And I'm really pumped to have an absolute dynamo on the show today. Her name is Carly Moffitt from Physio Health and Sports Injury Clinic and Can Conquer. And I don't think we've got enough time to cover all the things I want to ask this award-winning businesswoman today, but I'm certainly going to give it my best shot. So let me do the formal introductions and tell you a little bit more about Kylie before we get cracking with the questions. So Kylie came to my attention right really at the forefront of my mind last year when she won a collection of different business awards, um, including the 2018 Illawarra Business Award for Outstanding Customer Service and was also named Outstanding Business Leader. She also won the Best Small Business in the Illawarra Women in Business Awards too. She's also a fellow F45 addict like myself, so we've crossed paths there. And she's also dual qualified as a physiotherapist and exercise physiologist and has been helping people improve their lives through health over the last 19 years. Now, she's extremely passionate about life and a lot of other things and realized early on that life is short. So she's been known to bite off more than she can chew and then choose like hell. So she opened her first business at 36 years old when her children were just eight, six and four. So yes, she's got three to juggle. And when her husband was running the biggest project of his career in construction. So who does that, right? But she did it and she survived to tell the tale. Now, Kylie has worked in many areas of allied health from the Institute of Sports to rehab, aged care, acute hospitals, private practices, Pilates all over Australia and the Illawarra, and then decided to have a crack at business herself. So Kylie set up physio health in a very own unique way to make healthcare less clinical and more personal. And she absolutely has done that. She's very focused on bringing the best out in her team so that they can flourish and her clients receive the best possible care and results. And this is a strategy that has definitely seemed to work for her with Kylie's business growing strongly and earning her all of that recent success in business awards. She loves mountain biking, camping, her family and friends enormously and makes sure that these are a big part of her life and her happiness. Kylie also persists in telling very poorly received dad jokes every single day, hoping that one day she'll get a big laugh from somebody, just anybody, please. She's also self-rated as one of the best beef jerky, espresso martini and homemade Bailey's makers in all of Balgowny. I want an invite to your house, please, Kylie. That sounds awesome. So without further ado, let's get this energetic lady onto the show today and grill her on what has made her so successful over recent years. Kylie, I'm so thrilled to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Really, really pleased that you said yes and took me up on the offer. So welcome. How are you doing today? Oh, excellent. Thanks, Faye. And um, thank you for that um, awesome wrap. It kind of makes me feel like I want to hang out with myself. You made me sound so cool. (laughs) Well, I would. If I could make beef jerky and homemade Baileys, I'd be hanging out with myself all the time. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I've seen the list of impressive speakers you've had on already. And um, yeah, and just to be in company with yourself, um, you seem like a real firecracker of positive energy. So that's always a great start. 
Well, thank you so much. Just listeners, just to give you a bit of backstory. Uh, so as I mentioned in the intro, Kylie and I both work, train at F45, different studios owned by the same person. So we went to the same Christmas party together and in the queue after a few wines, uh, Kylie turned up with her husband and said, oh, I'm really pleased you're here. I've been wanting to ask you, will you come on the podcast? And she said yes straight away, but probably <laughs> just caught in the moment of, oh my God, who's this crazy lady? But I'm really pleased to say that here we are kind of, you know, six weeks or so later and she's here. So as I said in my intro, I've got a million questions that I want to ask you. Uh, Let's get cracking because I reckon that you and I are the kind of people that could probably talk for hours. Uh, So I just want to grill you as much as I can and, and, you know, dig for the juice on how you've got to where you've been. Uh, So let's talk about your business journey first of all. Why did you decide to become your own boss? And, you know, Busy Business Women is all about getting rid of the smoke and mirrors of business. So what's the reality been like for you over those years? Yeah, um, it's a great question that um, I always take myself back to a lot of the times, like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? But I guess everyone wants to, you know, they have their dream of their own lemonade stall at some point, I guess. And, and of course, you think, um, I want to be my own boss so I can work minimal hours, make heaps of cash money, um, and just be in control of my own destiny. Um, mm-hmm. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the thing that gets so many of us into business first up, right? Yeah, well, that's why we do it. Um, but, yeah, I was um, working as a part-time physio uh, about four or five years ago. Um, I was working part-time because I had three young children, and um, I really felt like in our industry that it, we could do more for the people and practice with a more modern and deeper um, yeah, model of care. Mm-hmm. And healthcare, as you know, can be a little bit doom and gloom at times. So um, I really wanted to add more colour and fun and hope back into it. So I thought, you know, what can I do here? So I met with my current employer at the time with a bunch of terrific ideas. Well, so I thought they were terrific um, and excitedly presented them to him. Um, He wasn't that keen, which is fair enough. It was a bit of a surprise. Um, So then I just stayed on working for a little bit. And um, obviously my heart and mind was being pulled elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I chatted to my husband a lot and um, he was like, you know what, I I don't think you can be employed anymore. You're too excitable and you're convinced there's a better way. So then he was really the driving force um, for me to go out on my own. Um, And he really believed that I could do it. So for me, though, I had three young kids and um, as nervous as anything, and I thought, you know what, this all sounds great, but my ship has sailed. I'm mid-30s. We've got no family support here in Wollongong, um, and my husband works long hours. Yeah, there's no way. But then um, I guess as we all do, we have that thing called the entrepreneurial seizure. um, (laughs) I love that. Michael Gerber describes (laughs) Um, and where you say, you know what, I love this so much, I am going to do it. I'm going to go out and run a business based on how much I love my industry or being a physio. So yep. that's pretty much what happened. Um, I then went and did a lot of research because I thought I'm elbow deep in this family life. Um, and I called a lot of physio practices that were run by women and I asked them how they did it. And they were a lot smarter than me because they opened their practices before children. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of doing it a bit backwards. And that made it a bit tougher, I guess. So I just had to sort of feel my way through it. And um, there was a lot of self-discovery thinking, oh, can I, can't I do it? And, um, and then I saw this Michael Jordan quote, of course, Michael Jordan popped up. <laughs> and um, his quote where he says, I can accept failure, uh, but I can't accept not trying. Mm. So I sort of thought, bugger it, let's go. 
And um, yeah, that's what we did. We opened Physio Health four years ago. Um, I had patients immediately. I had no idea how to use the FPOS machine on my first patient. That was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> fumbled my way through it. And then, yeah, it fast forward and it was, it, our clinic was immediately successful. And within six months, we had a, a team of eight from admin um, to therapists. That's phenomenal in six months. In six months, yeah. Wow. And then continued to grow up to um, a team of 12 in the, a team of 10 in the first 12 months. Gosh. So, yeah, it really took off quickly. What an awesome story. I mean, there's so many things that I want to kind of touch on there. I think I love that whole entrepreneurial seizure. I'm sure there's lots of nodding heads from our listeners right now. Um, I, I, I also, I was the same as in, you know, the, well, the opposite to you. I set up my business before kids uh, with three kids, as you said, like eight, six and four, all young ages. And I've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old now. I can't imagine setting up a business with, you know, six, 10 staff with kids that young and doing it all fresh for the first time. So uh, my hat goes off to you. You've kept your sanity, well, you appear to have kept your sanity intact during that time. So well done. Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes I'm a bit crazy, but that's only after a couple of wines and a dance hall. So that's <laughs> I was right. going to say, that's just naturally you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also to just touch on, you talked about your husband. Um, I, I don't know your husband at all, but what the sense that I get from what you post on social media is that he's been a phenomenal support to you. And it's lovely to hear that he was the one kind of nudging you and giving you the encouragement of, you know, you, you can't be employed anymore, Kylie. You really need to go out alone. So kudos to him because he looks like a great support for your business. Is he still? Oh, definitely. He has a, a really um, important job himself, obviously, his own full-time job. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's our IT support. He's uh-huh. a builder at times. He just pops in and out all the time, answers questions. He's my mental health support at times. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he just became a really big part of physio health in addition to all the things he does in his life um, and helping looking after the children as well. So, um, yeah, he's been fantastic. And, yeah, he's, he jumped on this wild ro- roller coaster that we're on um, and he's never, ever discouraged me with anything. Um, he does give me a few sort of um, truth bombs, I guess, at times and mm-hmm. helps me pull my head in at times. So that's really good as well and really handy. I think that's great. Whether it's your husband, your friend, you know, a mentor or coach, doesn't matter. You, we all need those people in our business that are going to play devil's advocate, challenge us, be our cheerleader as well and move us on. So, you know, I encourage our listeners to think about who that is in your business. And it doesn't have to be a partner, but do you have that go-to person? Because we all need those people in our lives. Now, you just told me as we started that um, Physio Health um, celebrated its fourth birthday, January, just last month, which is fantastic. You know, I talk a lot with my clients about the statistics of small business and they're pretty uh, depressing when you dig into them. You know, many businesses do not make it to the first year. So huge congratulations to making it to number four. You've been your own boss for that time. What have been the, uh, you know, around about the three biggest challenges that you face as a business owner during that time and how have you overcome them? Okay, so three challenges in four mm. years. Yeah. All right. I'll, <laughs> I I'll pick more, but. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone's got a handful every single day they turn up to work. Yep. Um, so I guess the first one is, like I described, I grew really rapidly. Mm. And so my biggest challenge was actually containing and managing that rapid growth. Um, it, was ex- it was super exciting and really encouraging. Um, but I did, looking back, make some poor choices in hindsight. 
Um, for example, over-employing team members when I wasn't really that ready. Okay. Um, getting distracted by more shiny objects um, as well as we were moving mm. forward. I was like, oh, yeah, and this, um, which caused me a bit of trouble. So that was one of them. But, you know, I had a great team at that time and um, we, we pulled together and we fought back from any of those tricky situations um, with honesty and just working together and they were really loyal. And yeah. um, any dip or any trouble that we had, we were able to turn it around really quickly. So um, that was really good. So that was probably my biggest challenge was just containing the growth. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I think a lot of business owners can um, relate to this is management. So um, managing a team and not just leading them. So differentiating between being, for myself, being a clinician. So that's the thing that I loved and the reason I opened the business. Um, But sort of separating between being a clinician, a manager, and then a leader as well. So you get torn between those areas. So that was a real challenge for me. And um, I understood that management really wasn't my genius um, so I took a lot of guidance. I had um, some great business coaches as well in, in the industry, Allied Health, um, yeah. as a mentor. So I um, chatted to them. I read heaps of personal development books and management books to educate myself because um, it was really an area it did, that didn't come naturally to me. So, you know, when you've got, you know, up to 12 team members with all different personalities and you're trying to hold a lot of balls up, um, it was sort of a tough area. So I put a lot of time into it anyway and... Um, I've still realised that it's still not one of my strengths. So, um, yeah, I'm more the excited ideas person. Uh, so that's where, like, um, you'd start to make decisions like taking on uh, practice managers and so forth that can take care of that. You start to delegate and leverage that side out if you still can't manage it. Yeah. So that was probably two big um, challenges for me. But the other one which sort of is for me, the biggest, not so much about the business, but um, indirectly affects the big, the business, was my own personal development and emotional regulation. <laughs> um, I'm sure lots of women um, may have trouble with their own emotional regulation and men, um, but, you know, fatigue and overwhelm can get the better of us and um, I became my biggest strength in the business but also my biggest weakness. So it sort of sucked because when I wasn't feeling it, um, it had a flow-on effect to my team and my clients and then my business. Yeah. So I was kind of was my own worst critic at times and I, I really needed to be kind of myself and had too many high expectations. So, you know, as a challenge in a business, there's heaps of other challenges, like we can have financial ones, marketing ones, all that sort of thing. But I really wanted to talk about how you can be your own worst enemy and that can be something destructive in your own business at times. So um, I did a lot of work around that and... You know, the other day I got sent a document from a colleague um, about mental health with um, self-employed small businesses and it was really scary. There was, um, they face these demons and you've probably been through it or other people have, can experience it where there's so much pressure and fatigue and there's emotions like loneliness and not being able to switch off and sleepless nights and not being yeah. present with your family or friends when you're actually there, your mind's not, and yeah. feeling like there's just so much at stake. It was actually really depressing looking at that. And, you know, you can completely relate to it. Like I think a lot of people can relate to those feelings and, and so forth. And definitely. I definitely, yeah, in those early years, um, 
I've, I definitely felt some of those emotions. But that's where um, you need to identify and move on. So for now, looking back at that document, I'm like, yeah, I'm a long way from that. I don't really feel that anymore. Like as much as it's been a short time, um, I did identify it early and were able to turn it around. So um, you still have moments where you feel a bit overwhelmed and tired, um, but also you can correct it with just having your own self-kindness. So I think that was a really good um, challenge that I identified because, yeah, I think, as I said before, you, you can be your own worst enemy in a business and just letting yourself derail like that um, can be super destructive. Completely. And uh, thank you so much for your honesty. It's interesting because we're up to, I think, episode 29 now. And in so many of the previous episodes, we've talked about mental health. It's just come up in these conversations where, you know, it can be such a challenge for small business owners. They're going it alone. There's a tremendous amount of pressure on them. They might have children, you know, the financial constraints, there's a multitude of different challenges they're dealing with and the toll that that can take on their mental health can be huge. You said that you recognised that early and turned it round. Are there any kind of key things that you did or people that you worked with that helped you manage that so well? Yeah, well, I guess I um, was involved with an allied health business group as well. So Mm. I was with a a lot of like-minded people feeling the same things um, and obviously had a a mentor as the business coach and um, being honest with each other and talking about... um, what they're feeling and so forth, and then um, looking at strategies to overcome it. And then also, like, it's, I'm lucky because like, this is the industry I work in where we improve our lives. We um, change what we're feeling and what we're doing at the moment. And, like, we do it to our patients every day. So that yeah. was, I was, like, had a great advantage because I just put in place all the things that I practice to people uh, or preach to people. So, um, yeah, I guess I, it was about education. So I read a lot of books um, on personal development, a lot of um, mindfulness, practice gratitude a lot, Mm. um, and that just really turns everything around. You actually prompted, when I read your bio yesterday and you mentioned in there gratitude, and I've got this app on my phone, the five-minute journal, which I did for like a couple of years and I haven't done in ages. And it's all about starting your day with gratitude and then looking at the end of the day, what went well, what could you have improved. It just literally takes about five minutes. And I laid in bed last night on my acupressure shakti mat. Um, I don't know if you've come across those. They're awesome. And got the journal back out on my phone and filled it in. So thank you because it was a really good prompt to like, come on, Faye, it's been too long. You need to get back into this practice. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's great. Excellent. Good practice. Yeah, it's great to do it at the end of the day too because Mm. you can reflect then. So perfect. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things you just mentioned there um, when you were talking about your challenges was shiny objects. I talk about shiny object syndrome. And I just want to touch on that quickly because – I think there's a lot of similarities with you and I in terms of a huge amount of energy. We're ambitious, we're excited, we see a new idea, we want to jump on that quickly. And it's a conversation I've had with many clients. And it can be great for business because you can be creative and innovative, but also it can hold you back because you're jumping at all of these different things and not focus on your core offering or nailing the things that you're doing. How do you rein yourself in and stop yourself being distracted by all the shiny, sparkly, exciting things? Yeah, that's a great question because in the early days, as I mentioned, that was the one thing that I used to do a lot. Mm. Um, I always just wanted to be more and do more and give more out to the people. It's like, oh, we could do this and do that. Um, Yeah, so I guess uh, just really 
uh, taking advice from um, business coaches and chatting about it and so forth, but and consolidating. Um, so just trying to look at what we're already doing and be better at it mm. uh, was one way. But still, personally, like you say about yourself, is you still got uh, that shiny object in your peripheral vision that you really want <laughs> it so bad. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's that self-control and it comes back to that own personal development of, and calming your mind, calming yourself each day and just concentrating on your priorities and not getting so distracted. Yeah. I had a conversation with a client at the start of this week, actually. We did a little bit of a Facebook Live earlier in the week and we talked about, you know, she sent me a message saying, I, I feel like I've forgotten how to swim. I don't know what to do next. Where should I focus? But it was the it was all of the distractions that had got in the way. Um, and when she, you know, pared back the layers again and looked at what was critical in her business, it was actually easy to be productive, focus on a few key things, do them well. And we can get on to the shiny, sparkly things later on. But when you're nailing those fundamentals, it makes a big difference. So thank you for that. It's good to hear. You've been there, you know what it's like, but you've also got through the, the, the grabbing syndrome of getting all those shiny, sparkly things. All right. I always like to ask the question about hindsight. You know, if you were to start your business from scratch again, and it's still, you know, a, a young business, so everything is... Uh, I'm sure raw and real in the forefront of your mind. Is there anything key that you'd do differently if you were to start from scratch today? Yeah, so there's lots of things, I guess, little things. Um, I'm pretty happy with how much work I did prior to opening the business, so a lot of research and set up and that sort of thing. Um, but the little mistakes, I guess, that you make, but they're generally only mistakes if you do them twice, uh, someone mm -hmm. wise told me. Um, yeah, really come back and help you learn to move forward. So one of the things is, um, I guess what we've touched on is being patient. So I needed to be patient exactly like just trying not to go out after shiny objects. And when you grow so quickly like that, you, you need to just slow down a little bit. Um, so that's where just stopping and being patient is very important and I should have done more of that. Um, the other thing is being authentic from the start. So... I guess a business owner or someone who goes and opens a business from scratch is already batshit crazy, like <laughs> they're already loose. Um, so just let some of that out, Not probably not all of it, but just let a little bit out and let people see <clears throat> how unique and wonderful you are um, and how courageous you can be because sometimes I think we get a bit scared of ourselves and that was something that I did. Um, you know, my clinic really reflects my personality now and I tried to get it to do that at the start but I was too worried about what um you know what people would think of um how much I was pushing that side of it yeah so I think being authentic and probably in a lot of podcasts and about business and so forth it's always a key part but I don't know if people are courageous enough to be authentic so that would be my advice mm -hmm. to anyone starting out from the start um of business is to just be yourself and um, as best you can. But if you're yeah. really crazy, just tone it down a bit. <laughs> I love that because I think that, you know, be authentic is something that a lot of people talk about now. It's kind of a buzz on trend word, but I think you hit the nail on the head is that I don't know that necessarily a lot of people know what that means to them or what authentic means to them and are they truly being who they are. Uh, I think you've nailed that in your business. You know, I think about your business and for our listeners, Kylie's business is close to where I live. Um, she has this amazing laneway, just happens to be by the, you know, the, the shop front, but it's, you've done all these amazing colors, like the, 
when I think of your business and your branding is fun, it is you and you've done that very, very well. So even if you are batshit crazy, it doesn't come across that way. It comes across as the colour and fun and, you know, you've you've done something very different in your industry because when I think about physios, it is white walls, very clinical, not a lot of colour or exuberance and, and yours is the complete opposite, which is fantastic and also breeds into the other brands that you've got or the programs that you've built into your business as well, which we'll touch on shortly. All right. So let's talk about network. Um, How much importance do you place on having a strong network? And what, if anything, do you do to build and nurture your network? And frankly, do you have any time to do that as well with three kids and business to to be dealing with? Yeah. Well, networks are very important. Um, yeah, it's very hard to do business alone, I guess. And um, it's been one of our strengths is to have relationships with more businesses around us. So I guess my focus on networking is with our community. Yeah. So, you know, our community really supported us and so we support them back and we practice reciprocity in our community. So we try and help other business out and they help us and cross-promote joint ventures, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we get involved in charities like Relay for Life so our networking is a little bit different like that. Um, you know, like our local cafes all, you know, they want to be a part of what we're doing and add opportunities for our clients to socialise easier and that sort of thing. Um, but I guess with networking, um, you can, it's about getting someone to know you. Yeah. You've got that whole, someone knows you, then they like you and then they'll trust you. Mm-hmm. And with our business, we're really selling the invisible So we really need to gain trust and um, that's our only way to um, gain services and change mindsets and um, people's performance and pain perceptions and things like that within our clinic. So Mm. our networking revolves around like our socialising. So with our clinic, we'll have a lot of laneway parties for our community, for our patients, for our local businesses. Um, We'll throw in some education. Uh, So we'd really focus our networking on everything directly around us and giving back to the community. There are also a lot of fantastic networking groups that um, I can be involved in individually, Mm -hmm. but I sort of feel like my networking needs to be my team and our our presence as what we do as our clinic um, is more important for what we're doing. Mm. So there's some fantastic groups, though, in the Illawarra, like the Illawarra Business Chamber and uh, Illawarra Women in Business, and we're part of the Coromel Chamber of Commerce so they have fantastic opportunities to go out and network and build those relationships externally as well. So we've also been part of that. But, um, yeah, I find that when we throw events and invite people to us and celebrate the people around us, the businesses and the patients, that's where our networking and our relationships really take off. I love that. I'm sure you'll have given some food for thought to lots of our listeners now who may just think of networking as going to a breakfast or dinner event where they're going to sit down and hear a speaker. And it really is a lot more than that. And what you're doing to leverage your community is fantastic. All right, let's talk about productivity, one of my most favourite topics ever. I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, I imagine that you've got a lot of balls to juggle in your life at the moment um, to keep everything sort of running smoothly in your business and in your personal life. What tactics, you know, and it might even be apps or systems, anything, do you use to be productive and manage your time smartly? Okay, um, people tell me all day long uh, (laughs) that they don't have time. For anything in particular, anything I suggest most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, but you know that there's about 168 hours in a week. 
mm-hmm. uh, which is I think over 10,000 minutes a week. Yeah. So I guess if then we sleep about 56 hours in that week, there's still about 112 hours a week left to do anything really. So that's pretty cool. Do you, so, use, do you actually say that to your clients? Because I can imagine clients saying, I don't have time to do this thing that you've just told me to do to, make, to take my pain away. Do you actually come out with that? Because I think when that is a very clear visual in your mind of like quit the excuses, seriously, you've got time for this 10-minute activity. Do you use that? Yeah, of course. Um, I love whiteboards. So there's a whiteboard <laughs> around me all the time and I just map it out. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm used to writing those numbers a bit and then I'll put it in a percentage and all this sort of stuff. So I guess with our extra hours we've got left in the week and and how do we be productive Mm. um, is just using prioritisation, which is, yeah, we all know that. Um, And you might know about the the rock, pebble, sand analogy as well with the jar. So I guess I use that a lot and I uh, map out my week and my year based on, on that. So the rocks are the really significant things in your life. So my family, my close friends, my health, um, and then my team as well. So in my diary, um, all these things go in first uh, and then, you know, we can pop in some pebbles and some other stuff around it. So there's that sort of analogy that I'm always each week looking at what is important in my life. Mm-hmm. So we, I share my diaries as well with my um, team and my husband. So if it's not in the diary, no one knows about it sort of thing. So yeah. it's really important to stay on top of that. And, you know, I'm not perfect though. Like we, sometimes that fails and um, I've been known to, well, any mum like does this, races from here to there and, and always late. And um, I said to my uh, receptionist the other day, you know what, I should drink more vodka. <laughs> she said, why? And I said, because I'm Russian. <laughs> I'm I glad love. you laughed. She, I'm sti- she that's like a dad that. joke. We talked about yeah. the dad jokes in your intro. Well done. That's awesome. You got a laugh from me as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So yeah, you know, I, I'm not perfect. It does fail, um, but my team work really well to keep me on on target as well. So I guess the other the tactics that I use are mainly the thinking of my rocks, pebbles, sand. And I really have never missed a award ceremony, a um, sporting event or a concert for my children. I'm always available for my close friends. I prioritise socialising and uh, weekends away with them because they're my rocks, right? Like these are the things that I think business owners say they, they can't do. But I look at what makes me happy and is really important to me. And if I'm not happy and feeling like a whole person, then I can't contribute effectively back to my business. I love the way you're thinking there because going back to the conversation we're having about mental health, I'd imagine that really helps your mental health. It keeps you happy, fulfilled. You know, those are the people that are going to lift you up and the things that are going to make your life fun. So you're a better leader, manager, clinician when you're at work. Yeah, definitely. Um, When I'm good, it feels like everything's good around me. And I think that's like everyone, every leader or manager or any business owner, when they're in a great mood, everyone can feel it. So Mm. I need to prioritise those things in my life, as well as all the other important things associated with business as well. They obviously all go in and scheduled into a diary. Um, But I guess the key with productivity too is just get it done. Like sometimes we're trying to be a perfectionist with some things and you just need to have progress over perfection. So I like to um, just move something out, a project out, and then clean it up later rather than spend a heap of time trying to tweak it and stuff like this. You just lose too much time. So it's about deadlines as well. So allocating enough time for just getting most of it done, um, if you can get all of it done, and then just move it out. So um, Mm. 
yeah, and that's where leveraging to team members and outsourcing things in your life as well. So, you know, if you can spend a few dollars here or there, freeing up your valuable time, well, then you spend it and you, you do it. Let's talk about that then. You said one of another favourite word, outsourcing. What do you outsource in your business and in your life that works well for you? Um, well, house cleaning's really good. Yes, I wanted to hear that as permission to do the same. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. Um, and then just heaps of, I guess, um, oh, well, like things at the clinic, we have a cleaner come in. Our team yep. used to do it, run around and uh, clean the, the floors and bathrooms and things like that. Uh, um, but now we've outsourced for a cleaner, so that frees them up to do jobs that um, I'd like to pass on so then I'm more free. Yeah. So then even as simple as window cleaning on the outside um, of the building, little things like that. But I've got a 12-year-old son that's pretty tall and strong, so I'm going to put him to good use as well down there. So that should he be great. can earn his pocket money. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. I think that's good though. You know, it's, it's important for us to look at ways that we can outsource and particularly for young businesses, it can be easy to feel like we can't afford to do those things and, you know, we need to tighten the financial reins. But you, t- you talked about uh, earlier on being in your genius zone and I think as business owners it's really important for us to spend as much time as we can in our genius space and if you're vacuuming and cleaning the windows in your business when you could be servicing a client or building a new program or whatever it is to you in your business, then that's out of whack. And, you know, it's, it's a balancing act in the early days, but I love that, you know, you touched on that. So thank you. All right, let's talk about business awards because you did very well last year and the pictures when I, when I Googled you and did some more research for the intros, I love the pic. And I remember seeing on, on your social media accounts when it was happening, like your team and you look like you were having the most phenomenal time at the business awards. I, I'm stoked for you. You did really, really well last year. Um, I've got to be honest, as someone that has been, you know, I'm local to your business. It's been great watching how you've raised your profile and really added value to your business. But I'm someone that's been a bit skeptical of award ceremonies over the years for various reasons. So what I'd love, and I know that some of my clients feel the same, what I'd love to hear is how that's benefited you and what advice you've got for fellow businesswomen that are thinking about entering awards, whether it's local to them or around the country or around the globe. Yeah, sure. Um, it was only our second time uh, as a finalist in the um, IMB Awards uh, and first time last year in the Illawarra Women in Business. So it was very new to me as well. I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Um, but the whole process is just terrific. So for your business and yourself, because you get a chance to just stop, uh, you have to make it a rock because it's going to take a lot of time to apply yeah. and everything. Um, and you can look at your goals, your strategies, your vision, and you just take time out from just doing stuff all day to have a look of where, you come, where you've come from and where you want to go. And then you get to showcase that. So it's a really good way of um, sort of having a rear view mirror and then using these insights to drive any greater um, success or anything you want to achieve in your business. So winning the awards, I think, was definitely um, one of the highlights of our entire journey. So, I mean, to be recognised on this scale locally and it just made all that blood, sweat and tears worth it. And like you're right, um, do awards really mean anything? Uh, Really that you get a trophy and you get a a great night out? 
But I tell you what, when I walked back in the next day um, after our evening out um, with the awards, all the patients in the clinic just went crazy. They cheered yeah. and cuddled us. So it's more than just a trophy and a, a nice party with the team. It, it does so many other things, like whether it's a direct return on investment, I don't know. Um, but I tell you what, the confidence and the relief um, and, yeah, just the pride was basically invaluable for us at the point in in our business journey as well. Well, I mean, I just loved watching on social media without really even knowing you, how well you were doing. And I think you portrayed the, the, the journey that you went through in the evenings and the success really well as well. So I was right behind you. I love what you also say about it kind of forced you to stop and review because I started filling in one of the applications for the local, the IWIB awards recently. And it is like a coaching process. You've got to sit down, stop being in your business and work, look at working on it and look at what's worked. And it's a it's a great review process so I encourage people to do it just for that alone let alone whether they win or not it's a good exercise to go through yeah and in addition to that I mean for us we went um, like I went out on a limb with the way I set up my clinic it was fairly unique so the great part about this is that I felt that our model is respected and valued now and what we're doing what we believe in within our clinic is actually important you know and across the whole business world it's valued so um, I mean there's some fantastic businesses doing impressive things in Illawarra and to be just even associated with some of those was fantastic and it really gave us confidence to keep doing what we're doing. Good, good on you. All right, so we've talked, touched on earlier on about innovation. You know, instead of just kind of sticking to your bread and butter physio and exercise physiology, you've been really creative, I think, in your thinking and have added Can Conquer and Strong Kids to your offering. I'd love you to touch on Can Conquer and tell people about that, but also why did you do that and how has it benefited your business? Um, you know, talking about the grabbing the shiny, sparkly things and not getting distracted, I just wonder also... Did you ever feel like it distracted you from your core offering um, or has it just added, uh, in, you know, an extra strength to your business? Oh, yeah, they're definitely shiny objects that I uh, went and grabbed <laughs> for sure. Um, but, you know, with all of our programs that we have, we do have a lot of services and programs and a lot of the time you're right, I feel like I'm in a circus and I'm holding, you know, those sticks with the plates spinning on the top. <laughs> Yeah. So I'll spin a plate and then I'll run to the next one and spin that plate. And by the time I've got there, the one before has stopped spinning, so I have to go back again. Um, so it can feel a little <laughs> bit like that you. sometimes. But, yeah, it's it's great. So I'm really proud, though, of the visions um, and then the execution delivery of all of our programs. And the key to it is that it's not just me. Like, yeah, I might be the ideas person, but my team are right behind it all. And if anything, they're developing the interventions-based on what they think is important in healthcare in our clinic. So um, that's probably the important part because it sort of interests them and it's along their career pathways and it makes them want to come to work and really enjoy what they're doing. Mm. Um, so I guess that's a reason that we do it. But also looking at um, holistic healthcare, when we're treating someone, sometimes it's not just about the injury um, or the condition, it's about the whole person. So we developed these other programs to try and turn over every stone to help them get better. Um, and that's exactly what's happened. So they can move through um, one area to another and really get a full holistic treatment approach. Yeah. And it's really a place that my team thrive in. They, they just love it. So they take ownership and responsibility of, of their initiatives or, and, and their marketing strategies. So whilst it seems like it's huge 
um, amount of responsibility on the clinic and myself, it's been delegated out so wonderfully that um, everyone takes care of their own area, which is essentially their passions. Um, And that's what we want. We want them to come to work and love what they do and they get these um, little projects and um, services or programs to be involved in. That's awesome. So tell us about Can Conquer because I haven't talked about that. I've mentioned it a couple of times, but a lot of our listeners won't know what that program is. They won't be local to us. Tell us about what that is and why you did it. Yes, yeah, so King Conquer is something that I'm extremely proud of, that um, everything um, we've done with it has just been amazing. Um, so a few years ago, I was sitting in a, in a research, um, a physiology research conference and listening to this exploding evidence about um, how exercise can really uh, assist the treatment outcomes for someone um, diagnosed with cancer, help them rebuild their lives and also um, improve their chance of survival. And the evidence was so amazing, it blew my mind. And whilst I had no personal connection with cancer myself, I was like, you know what, Kylie, you're absolutely in a position to take this back to the Illawarra and implement it and um, start helping people that have been affected by cancer in our area. So that's exactly what we did. We just formulated a program based on all the research and also based on our philosophies with holistic care as well, like what we think is important for someone uh, to recover from really any condition or any trauma. So we added all that in. um, And next minute I was able to put uh, an exercise studio inside a chemo infusion centre right here in Wollongong. And it was, yeah, one of the first in Australia that that could happen other than in the research centres. So um, that was awesome. And That's um, huge. That's giving me shivers. Congratulations. That's no mean feat, I'm sure. What, a, what an achievement. Yeah, thank you. It was. It's pretty much um, a lot of cancer patients were like, what, you, you want me to exercise like right now while I'm having chemo? I'm yeah. like, yes, that's exactly what we want you to do. So obviously we're, it's, it's got to be safe and um, we're all trained in oncology and so forth and we stick to a lot of guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so marvellous uh, to see oh, just the, the spirits lift in these people and um, they're doing something proactive, they're taking control back because when they get put on this journey, their treatment journey and after a cancer diagnosis, you know, everything's yeah out of their hands almost. So being able to turn up and exercise, it was about them you know, being proactive and have a bit of control again. And it made them feel good. Sometimes they would walk in um, so like, no, nah, I'm not doing this today. I've just had my chemo. And by the time they work through a few minutes of exercise, you know what exercise can do, um, yeah. they're feeling great and they walk, walk out a lot happier, great mood. And um, actually they've stimulated uh, the, their blood flow and that in their body to help the chemo hopefully get towards the cancer cells. So that's the main reason we get them to exercise directly afterwards. And then obviously all the other great benefits of um, exercise, we're improving their bone density, their muscular strength. A lot of people going through cancer treatment will lose a lot of uh, muscle mass just through that treatment journey. So the only way to improve that is to actually train it. So that's what we're doing there as well. My word for the year is impact, right? And I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, you are having serious impact in what you do. Um, I have not, I'm not even going anywhere else with that. I just wanted to share that with you. I'm just listening to you in awe of what you've achieved. I hope you're proud of yourself and you're giving yourself a pat on the back because that is true impact in my eyes. Congratulations. Thanks, All right. So um, we touched on staff and I really wanted to talk to you about your staff because I reckon they love you. Um, You know, I've loved the photos that you've put up on social media. I think you always... um, 
are, are putting up really positive stuff about your staff. You look like you've got an amazing team and you look like you're an awesome boss to work with. What attributes do you think are critical in order to be, you know, you've talked about being a great manager and a leader. What attributes do you think are key to be an inspiring leader and, and retain that top talent in your business? Yeah, we do have a great time at work. Um, my team are awesome. They're like my family. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm really playful and uh, always trying to create like a happy chemistry and vibe in the clinic and the team really get behind that as well, um, which is really fantastic. Like I said, we, we, in our industry, people are unwell or are in pain and if we can create an atmosphere of joy uh, and help people smile a bit, well, there's a little bit less pain that they experience at the time. So the entire clinic is based on that and that's why we probably always look like we're having a good time because we actually are. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's great. So they're really the, the team obviously are the heart and soul of physio health and um, they've done amazing things. And as a, you know, a manager or leader, whichever I am, I would crawl over broken glass to them um, because they really every day step, step in and change lives and they align with our philosophies and they actually help each other. So I guess that's all about culture and, and how did we get to that point? Um, how did we get this great culture? And our vision is two things. It's um, happy people and happy teams. So we want to make the community, like our patients, happy, yeah. um, whether that's removing their pain, increasing their performance, just making them feel good. That's our goals in any way we can. And then having a happy team. So everything about physio health is about helping the team flourish. So in their careers. And I really like to see um, our clinic as the vehicle for them to flourish in whatever they want to do. So that comes with bringing, um, we practice a lot of uh, gratitude before meetings. So mm -hmm. we're very expressive with our, our feelings, um, which is very overwhelming to start with. <laughs> but uh, they get used to it and yeah. uh, they get a lot better at it. So they understand um, to try and work out how to feel, uh, how they feel about work and about treating their patients rather than just thinking about everything all the time. So I'm sort of alluding to how we got such a good culture mm. is just spending time together connecting. I guess we socialise a little bit um, and we talk a lot about having a higher purpose. So I don't really want them to come into work and just think um, I've got a job. I want them to think about what impact they're going to create when they come in today. So it's sort of a thank God it's Monday TGIM approach rather than a TGIF, thank God it's Friday approach, and that it. they get to go to work. They don't have to go to work. So that's sort of what we talk about a lot and the philosophies, but then there's a lot of little things we put in place. Like we have book club, which some aren't into as much, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not everyone's into that, but to develop them personally as well. Yeah. Um, so that'll help them flourish as a person outside of work, inside of work. So we've done seven habits of highly effective people where we get together and talk about the habits and, and right. that. And it's awesome. So, well, some, some are like, oh, I don't really like this book, but that's all right. We help them through it. And, um, yeah. and I think they secretly like it anyway, but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see once they listen to this, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> Kylie's team, let us know. What do you think about book club? <laughs> Yeah. The other thing that we've recently done is like, like I'm right into mindfulness. So mm. um, I've brought in, um, actually, I suggested all this colouring in. I want them every day in their diaries to have 15 minutes. They sit down and colour in, in those little, those special mindful books. And yeah. um, a patient heard this as she raced straight home and got a whole bunch she had and brought in with pencils for us. Oh, It was awesome. <laughs> 
So it's great. Like even recently, though, I was um, doing an interview to a new physio and um, I came out and uh, the guys said, how'd you go? And um, I said, I told him about the colouring in. And they said, no, Kylie, don't. <laughs> Don't tell him that yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we do have a lot of quirky things um, in our practice that are just, you know, trying to help each other um, feel good, stay sane, support each other, express our feelings. So that's how we create this good culture and just actually have fun. There's a lot of support professionally as well. We have lots of meetings. We try and have um, right, rosters that will have a great work-life balance. Um, so I guess that's the, the cross of it. My God, if there's any physios listening to this, are they going to be tapping at your door? Because I don't know about my listeners, but you, you know, you, I love the sound of your culture and the effort you've gone to. What I also loved when you said at the start, you know, you're focusing on happy people and happy team. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a lot of food for thought for lots of business owners that have got teams um, and aren't just solopreneurs because often as small businesses, uh, particularly in the early days, we can become so focused on revenue, generating profit, thinking about our clients and delivering a great service to our clients that we're not necessarily thinking about our staff, our team on par with that. Whereas when you talk, it sounds like it's almost like a 50-50 split. You've got your focus on, I've got half my attention on making sure my clients are happy and half of it is on my staff because when that combination is together, then we're going to have, you know, a really good outcome. Um, I don't know if that kind of the mix in the 50-50 up, but you know what I mean? Like it sounds like you've got a heavy emphasis on really looking after your team and not just getting them to go through the motions and be transactional in what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess also though that comes from uh, being a woman as well. Like not to say no men wouldn't do this, but sometimes I've talked to some um, fantastic uh, business women, and um, they're really confident and so forth, and they can be really, I guess, firm in a sense. So I like to think that um, I'm firm at times, uh, yeah. but we need to really think about our qualities naturally as a woman and that nurturing sort of side of us and be okay to use it. We don't have to be ball breakers. Um, mm. Sometimes we can get way more out of people um, if we care about them more and not just worry essentially about output. Yeah. For example, like KPIs, like I changed the name to KPWs. So they're, instead of being uh, key performance indicators, I changed it to uh, key performance wins. So I don't want to know... Right the numbers I want to know well I secretly know the numbers but yeah. with my team member I want to know how did they win today like what felt good when you treated someone or changed someone's life and that's the part that's inspiring I guess I'm completely stealing that because I do talk about KPIs, but whenever we start a group coaching call with any of my clients, we talk about, you know, what have been some of your recent wins. We always talk about the wins, even if they're small, uh, because, you know, sometimes we can lose sight of the fact that we're actually making progress and good things are happening because we're bogged down in the other stuff. So KPWs all the way. Thank you. All right. So you're a busy bee. You're grabbing at the shiny, sparkly things, trying to rein yourself in. You're winning awards. There's lots of great things happening in your business, your life, your industry. You're always up to something. So what's on the horizon for you and your team this year? You know, any particular big goals that you're striving for, awards, new services, anything like that that's on the agenda for this year? Yeah, well, I uh, on New Day made a decision that uh, this year our team was going to positively impact uh, a thousand people's lives. So that's mm -hmm. a thousand high five moments this year. Yes. So we've been trying to work out how many per day 
per person. <laughs> so yeah. it varies a bit, but we've got a tally board to record it. So it just helps us push that little bit harder to really make a difference. And um, we really, I guess that's the focus of the entire clinic. So if we can put a number on it, it just makes it a bit of fun. Uh, so that's one thing. We're also taking on some um, external services this year to have a few more things under one roof. So that'll be awesome. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the one key thing to do is just consolidate. Yeah. Uh, so already the things we're doing really well, I guess we're going to try and do them really, really, really well. Um, and, yeah, just to help also increase the awareness about Can Conquer and that it is okay uh, to take up cancer rehab. So we'd like to just improve that awareness around our area and region that um, all cancer patients deserve the opportunity to have rehab. So yeah. that's always a big focus of ours over the year. Fantastic. I love that you put a number to your high fives. That's so powerful. Instead of just going, let's have more high five moments to put a thousand to it and track it. You know, we, we like going after goals. I'd imagine that's high on your agenda. It's going to give you, you and your team a real sense of achievement. Okay. So let's talk about self-care before we wrap things up in a moment. Given that you work in allied health, what advice do you have for women who are struggling, juggling a bucket load of responsibilities in life and, and business at the moment and haven't got themselves at the top of their to-do list? And they don't feel like they've got the time to make that change. Any recommendations or tips you can give them? Because I think it sounds like you're nailing that. And I know you wouldn't get it right all the time, but it's certainly high on your priority to look after yourself because you know the impact that then has on everything else. How do you how do you do that? Yeah, well, I guess we've all heard the saying, you can't pour from, from an empty cup. Mm. Um, and earlier I, I spoke about time and we know how many minutes in the, in the week, 10,000. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is really important to look after yourself, which is essentially looking after your, your business. Um, and we've heard it so many times, all these things that we're meant to do with self-care. And it's very cliched and it sounds great in theory, but just getting it done is another thing. Mm. So I think the number one thing is to have um, self-kindness and self-care. So with this, it shapes our energy and, um, you know, then when we're looking after ourselves, we exude a sense of worth and people are really attracted to that. So there's lots of ways that um, we can practice self-kindness and um, self-care and I think that they are just anything that makes you happy. So it can come from any forms. So like I said earlier, connecting with friends is really important to me. So that laughing and socialising makes me happy. So that's a, a form of self-kindness um, and care. Mm -hmm. um, hugging more, spending more time, you know, releasing these happy hormones in your body, um, practising generosity of spirit. And the other really important thing that not many people are, are um, happy to do is be proud of themselves so mm -hmm. encourage and reward yourself and actually share it with people. So you're yeah. releasing a nice hormone serotonin and it feels really good. So these are all ways of being, uh, you know, kind to yourself without saying, oh, I've got to go and tick all these other boxes. You do really simple things all day. Just give someone a hug, give someone a smile, use that generosity of spirit. Um, you can also ask for help. But then the next step is actually accepting it. So it's a really big thing to ask for some support and some help and then you've got to be willing to, um, yeah, take it on. There's all the other jazz like mindfulness and um, meditation, headspace apps, I use that a lot. And then, yep. of course, exercise like you know too, Faye, how important it is. And um, for me, that's really important with my mental health. I, I release a lot of energy at the start of the day or the end of the day and I feel so much better and, you know, the brain actually functions the best 60 minutes straight after um, exercise. So oh, really? 
Yeah. Mm. So if you've got something important on, maybe you can go like a meeting or something, you can go for a, a walk or something beforehand or do something. But um, the key is, like we talked about earlier with time management, is to schedule it in, like create routine so it becomes your life. Yeah. Just like eating veggies um, or cleaning your teeth, if exercise needs to be part of your week, you just got to make it a rock and put it in your diary and it becomes not negotiable. Mm. So it, it doesn't have to be exercise. It could be, like I said, anything that makes you happy will create that self-kindness and then you'll be in a better headspace, better mood and be able to give more to your business and your life and your family. Great words of advice. I love what you said about be proud as well. I talk about, you know, we need to toot our own horns and so often, you know, we, we don't talk about the things, or for some people they don't talk about the things that they've done well um, and we need more of that. So thank you for giving us a nudge in the right direction there. And I love, you know, I completely agree with you with the routine. For me, that's what's made getting fit and healthy and looking after myself made a massive difference and made those things non-negotiable. I talk about blocking time in your diary for, you know, not just meetings with clients, but other things you need to do in your business, your rocks. But that's where that self-care and self-kindness needs to happen as well. And I think also the word self-care doesn't really resonate that much with me or it didn't used to, probably because I wasn't very good at it. But I think as you're saying, it's just about finding something that makes you happy. And that could be something that's 15 minutes and doesn't need to be mindfulness or coloring in or going to an f45 session it's whatever makes you happy but find your thing i think that you know that it used to be like you've got to go and do an hour in the gym or you've got to go and walk your dog whilst listen to my you know meditation app for that to class as self-care but it's really not the case is it no, that's right. It can be anything. Like, and that's what in a lot of um, talks that I give, it's about finding happiness. And um, sometimes we don't have to go and sit on a grassy knoll to find it. Um, <laughs> yeah. We can eat a really nice avocado smash somewhere in it. And that feeling that we get, you know, that's <laughs> self-kindness and care. It doesn't have to be anything major, just oh, something that. that lights you up. I wish you'd said go and eat a Mars bar on a grassy knoll somewhere and I would have loved you even more, but avocado smash will do. (laughs) Okay, so wrapping things up, I think you're a woman of many quotes. You sound like you love inspirational quotes. You've given us some gold already today. Is there a quote or a mantra that's really inspired you over the years in your business that you're happy to share with us? Well, of course, the number one one is uh, Tutoi Possibly. Yes, which, which you um, say so beautifully as well. I was like, like say that in the intro. I was like, no, I'm going to muck that up. Let's just leave that to Kylie. Yeah, no, it's taken me. I always get it wrong. I always ask any Italian uh, patient that comes in, they go, nah, you didn't, didn't get it. Um, <laughs> but that just means everything is possible and that's what we believe in all the time and live our lives by. Um, but the number one thing that I think impacts me the most, and I have it written down and look at it every day, is to be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. So this is, again, like coming off the back of self-kindness and feeling good. What is the thing that lights you up inside and makes you feel so happy? Um, well, go after it, you know, and that really encourages me to be brave as well, even when I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should do this or I'm a bit overwhelmed. I'm like, but hang on, won't this thing light me up inside? So that's how you can really go after life and have a live a full life of passion, I guess, is to just try and think about being fearless with it. And that was a quote by uh, Jennifer Lee. 
Brilliant. You know what? I'm going to have to start a quote book from the podcast because everybody's got this little snippet of gold that I've generally not come across and I love it. Thank you very, very much. Now, listeners, if you are sitting there wanting more of Kylie's inspiration, I highly encourage you to go check out um, all of her details. So first of all, you can go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 29 and get all of Kylie's links and information there. But if you want to jump over and get some goodness right now, straight from her pages, just go to physiohealthcoromel.com.au or canconquer.com.au and you can follow her on Facebook at physiohealthcoromel and canconquer. They're two separate Facebook pages there. But I highly encourage you to go check out her social media because you'll see what I'm talking about there. When she's winning awards with her teams, where, team, when they're doing stuff the, up the laneway, they're just the colour, the fun, the passion that comes through and everything she does is really inspiring and hence why I was, you know, thrilled to have her on the podcast. So go check out Kylie's businesses and, and be ready to be inspired by the great things she's doing um, in our area and, and much more broadly. Kylie, thank you so much. I've written down loads of notes. You've really inspired me. And I know that our listeners are going to feel like, I feel this like real level of energy from listening to you. And I just want to go out and do it all now. Um, so No, uh, yeah. don't. That'd be doing a, grabbing a shiny object. I know, exactly. So I'm going to have to rein myself in. For, but thanks for giving me that energy. I really, really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to leave us with before I let you go and have an, a smashed avocado? card on a grassy knoll somewhere with your coloring books um no I, I guess um it's just it's obviously been a real pleasure to be able to sit and again this is a version of reflecting on um things that we do and our business and our journey and that sort of thing so I'm really honored and grateful that um you asked me to come on so that was it's been a real um honor but I guess the number one thing I would say is everything I've talked about here is just make sure you feel good because life is so short. Um, sometimes there's a lot of hard work that has to go into it, but please wrap it up at the end of the day or at some point with some time to yourself to just feel nice because you just can't sustain going on um, just day in, day out, working so hard and um, not looking after yourself first awesome words of wisdom. Thank you very, very much. And look, you've given up a huge amount of your time to do this. You're a busy lady with a lot of competing priorities, like you say, with the the plates and the circus. Um, I really appreciate you being here. So thanks heaps for your time. And I'm really looking forward to following your journey and and hopefully celebrating more successes with you. I have no doubt they're on the horizon. And please keep us posted on the thousand high fives because I reckon you're going to do that way before the end of this year. So thank you, Kylie. Uh, Listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to leave us a review on iTunes, please, and let us know how much you loved Kylie because I know that you have. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on the Facebook and Instagram pages. I'm at Busy Business Women, and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my website at busybusinesswomen.biz. But until the next one, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I'm going to be back again very soon with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, you've been listening to Kylie Moffitt and Faye Hollands and the Busy Business Women podcast. Have a fabulous day. Bye.